0: over the years for so many people that you've brought together here Jesus to be your church all the different gifts all the different abilities all the different personalities and backgrounds and talents and uh, all of it that, that meshes together all the different parts to make a body that's whole so we praise you for that and we bless you for that we thank you for your provision uh, father I pray though as we get going on this we recognize that a building doesn't really solve anything if we're not following you it's just a tool. And if we're not living on mission, if we're not remembering why it is we're here, it's a colossal waste of time and resources. I pray you'd make that clear to us this morning. hope my teaching be clear and your word be clear uh, in what I say. Pray against the enemy, his servants, their works and effects. And Holy Spirit, would you work in us today and might Jesus receive great glory. Amen. Well, Matthew chapter 28, uh, at the end of chapter 28 you get to some of Jesus' final words that are recorded in the Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but I know uh, certain people in my life, my dad being one of them, I can remember some of the last conversations I had. Last words, final words are important, aren't they? And th- those words that you can remember and that you think about, those uh, they, they really leave an impact. And Jesus didn't make a mistake by saying and having this recorded as Some of the last things that he said. Jesus came and he said to them, uh, verse 18, he said, All authority, that sounds like all authority, would you agree? In heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, go therefore in light of his authority. I have all authority, so I'm telling you, go go make disciples. He was sending his disciples, and he was, he was sending us. He was sending us to make disciples. This is called the Great Commission. I think I've told you before, though, I, I kind of like to refer to it as the Everyday Commission. You know, there's only one time in Scripture where Jesus pre-announces where he's going to show up, and it's this time. He tells him earlier in chapter 28, uh, uh, yeah, meet me at the place I told you. And then they meet him on the mountain that he had told them. And even when Jesus didn't pre-announce stuff, all kinds of people showed up to follow him, didn't they? So can you imagine the crowd if he pre-announced where he's going to be? I think there was a big crowd here. In fact, I think when Jesus says these words, it's uh, when Paul refers to the fact that over 500 people at one time saw Jesus alive after his resurrection. I think this is the moment. And he tells everybody... All authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples, baptize people, love them, invite them to follow me with you. Friends, he sent us with a mission. This is what I want you to see this morning. In this short time together, I want you to see that Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he has sent you. Do you know that that's the, that's the common pattern of scripture that every time after somebody becomes a follower of Jesus Christ, the next thing that happens is they get sent out, bar none, every, there's no exceptions. Now, you might argue, well, what about the guy on the cross, the thief on the cross, right? Like he, he comes to faith in Jesus and uh, he can't really get sent, he's, he's nailed to the cross. Well, yeah, but what's he do? He witnesses to the guy on the other cross. So even he obeyed. When you're called by Jesus, the next thing that happens is you get sent out. Now, you don't believe me? Well, how about let me show you from Scripture. Uh, Look at John 17, 18. This is Jesus' prayer right before he was crucified. And in part of his prayer, John records this. As you sent me, he's praying to his Father, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And he says he's praying for his disciples, but you know what else he says here? If we would go and read this whole passage, he says, not only them, not just the 12, but everyone who would come to faith because of their word after them. Guess who that includes? You and me. We are sent. As you sent me, Jesus says, I have sent them. He says it again in John 20. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. Friends, our God is a missionary God. He's a sending God. Jesus himself is the ultimate cross cultural missionary. You know what a missionary is? It's not just somebody who like, goes to Africa and eats uh, weird things and dresses strange and you know, gives up everything in their life to go far, 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 far away. It's not a Star Wars movie. <clears throat> a missionary is this it's just somebody who's been given a mission to accomplish a person undertaking a mission, you've been given a mission, the great co-mission, a mission along with Jesus and along with all of his other people, to go make disciples, to love people and invite them to follow Jesus with you. If you're a Christian, you've been sent. Where have you been sent? Well, how about your home? Do you live with any people who need to know and experience the love of Jesus? Even if they're followers of Jesus, they need that, don't they? You've been sent there. How about uh, your neighborhood? Who are the people in your neighborhood, right? You've been sent there. Like, like you live in your neighborhood, I live in my neighborhood, and we've got different neighbors that we're sent to reach and to love. How about your, your career? It's not a mistake that you potentially love what you do and you chose that career. God designed you that way. And he sent you into that career so that you could love people that you rub shoulders with. Wherever you go, Jesus is in control. He's faithful all the time. He knew where you would end up and he has sent you there. He didn't make a mistake. So what are you sent to do? Well, you're sent to make disciples. Okay, but how, how? Well, you know, John 3, 16. Now, if you Now, if you're here and you're a guest with us this morning, You just need to know if you're a follower of Jesus, this applies to you. If you're not, um, this verse applies to you. And and I would encourage you to trust Jesus with your life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. You could even say instead of he gave that he sent his one and only son. that, That Jesus put on flesh. And it was an expression of God's love. But do you know the next verse? Jesus had told us in John 17, where he prayed to his father, uh, that I, just as you sent me, I'm sending them. What was Jesus sent to do? Well, it comes in the very next verse. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, sometimes we think that, well, we're sent here just to, Make sure everybody knows how messed up they are so that what Jesus wants happens. No, no, no. You're you're not sent to try to tell them what they should want. You're sent to love them, not to condemn them. That's God's business later. Your job and my job is sent not to condemn, but to love so that they might follow Jesus, right? Paul says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, Jesus said that they'll know your followers of mine because of your love for one another. You're sent to love, to love people. So what's that look like? Well, oftentimes it's just kindness. It's an action where I put their needs and desires and longings ahead of my own. Sometimes uh, kindness, though, can, can be kind of a tough love, and it's not enabling somebody. And uh, it's, it's, it's caring for them. The big issue, we're sent to love people. I wonder, would people in your home, would your kids, would your spouse, would your parents, would they describe you as loving or harsh? Would they, how would they describe you? See, what you're a follower of Jesus. You're a Christian. You're a little... Back when that term came up, you know that... It was kind of a little bit of a derogatory term in some ways, like, oh, these little Christians, these little, little, people who, little people who think they're like Jesus, like they're like Christ, little Christ ones. Well, it's because they were living like Jesus. You're a reflection of him to your family. Are you known to be loving? How about the people in your neighborhood, your workplace? If we stopped our mission statement right there, we'd have some good stuff, wouldn't we? Of course, we're also sent, and we're talking about this the next few weeks, to invite them then to follow Jesus with us. But the first step is to love them because they might not respond to the invitation and you're still called to love them, aren't you? No matter who they are, no matter what they've done. Um, You know, 1 Corinthians, Paul says, let all that you do be done in love. In Galatians, Paul says, we saw this a lot earlier this summer, but the fruit of the Spirit first one he lists, what is it? Love. Love. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That's easy, I can love my friends, right? But what about this? Jesus also says, but I say to you who hear me, also love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. You know, if you're sent and I'm sent like Jesus was sent, you know what Jesus was often called? He was called a friend of somebody. Do you remember who? Of sinners. People who were thought to be just vile and outcast and just different. I don't know if I want to go by them. Jesus was known as their friend. Are you known as their friend? Let's be known by that, right? Let's be known as a place that they, we see the, they see the sign. You drive by, you are loved. But more importantly than that, they experience it as we're scattered out in our community throughout the week. See, here's the deal. God's given us a great gift in our facility, amen? And he's given us a great gift in being able to update it and to add on to it and to renovate it. It's, It's an incredible gift of his grace. It's all because of Jesus. But it's just a building. And if we're not sent... And if we're not loving people like Jesus loved people, it's like seriously the biggest waste of money in the world. But if we do, man, it's a, it's a sharper tool that I think we'll see more and more fruit because of. But it all comes down to you and I living on mission, remembering that we're sent to love people. So... Uh, I'll close with this and then uh, talk a little bit about what's going to happen the rest of the day. Paul says in Romans, and by the way, if you're, if you're new this morning, if you're a guest, normally we'll, we'll dive into a passage of Scripture, we'll unpack it. But today, you, just, you caught us on a really unique day and uh, a fun day, though, so I'm glad you're here. But just know it's a little different than normal. In Romans, Paul writes this. He says, uh, and I think this is a good, good explanation of how to love people. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 14. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless, don't curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty and proud, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but but give thought to do what's honorable in the sight of all. And if possible, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We could go on and on and on with examples from scripture of how we're sent to love people. So as a reminder of that today, as you leave, um, there's gonna be some tables out there with a bunch of these t-shirts. And there's one there for you. And you can grab one if you wanna even put it on. We're gonna go take a big church family photo here in a little bit. If you wanna, you got some time to put it on if you want to. If you don't, that's okay too. Here's my only requirement if you take a shirt. When you wear it, don't be a jerk. (laughs) Wear a different t-shirt that day. Seriously, right? Like, if if this is who we are, like, oh, yeah, that's sent to love church. (laughs) They were real loving. But, hey, it's just a reminder to you that that's, that's what you're sent to do. And this building is a huge blessing. Let's not forget that and let's celebrate it. But let's also not forget why it is we're here. It's not to build our kingdom, it's to build Jesus. And we're just a small outpost in his kingdom, amen? Amen. So here's what's gonna happen the rest of the day. Um, In a little bit, we're gonna sing and close our time in here. And then uh, we're gonna dismiss. And parents, if you have children in the kids' wing, Uh, Go down and grab them. We wanna allow everybody to come outside, including all the workers there. So go get your kids, nursery and and kids, ministry kids. And in about 15 minutes after we close, uh, we're gonna gather up in the corner over here. There'll be some people directing you, but it'll be just to the right of the door as you come out. First thing we're gonna do is take a big group picture because we don't trust y'all not running to get in line for food. So we're gonna do the picture first. No, I'm just kidding, but not kidding. Uh, So we're gonna take a picture. And then uh, we're gonna have a little groundbreaking ceremony out there. It's not gonna be anything fancy other than to bless the Lord together. And uh, every one of you, if you want to, you'll have an opportunity to turn over a shovel of dirt. And uh, we're just gonna bless the Lord and trust him and and praise him for his provision. And then we're gonna hang out for the afternoon and have fun. There's a handful of food trucks outside. Um, There are uh, a bunch of uh, other options for food, all kinds of free sugar There's candy, cotton candy, and uh, so your kids will, they'll make it through the day. Don't worry. Um, Cotton candy, snow cones, ice cream, water. There's all kinds of games you can sign up on the whiteboard for adult big wheel races and for cornhole tournaments, and there's inflatables for the kids. And you're like, why are we doing all this? Because God's good to us. Right? And we're going to celebrate it. You know, being a dad now, you know, when this whole process started, I wasn't a dad yet, but being a dad now, when when I give something to Charlie, who's two and a half, man, there's nothing better than when he loves what I give him, and when he has fun, and when he enjoys it, and I believe more than ever that I'm imaging God when I do that, that when he gives us good things, it's to enjoy them and to thank him for them, amen? Amen? So that's the plan. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing, and we're going to dismiss you, and in about 15 minutes, we'll look at the clock here when we get done, we're going to go out and take a picture, we'll do our groundbreaking, and then we'll turn you loose for some good food. Let me pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your grace and goodness to us. Uh, God, you're a good dad who loves his kids, and I thank you that uh, to become one, it's not because of anything I've done, but Jesus, it's all because of what you've done for me. Lord, I pray for anybody who's here today who maybe doesn't understand that truth, uh, that they'd rub shoulders with someone, uh, even me, and, and be able to learn about that truth, that if, if they would simply turn from their sin and Jesus turn to you, that you'd declare them Righteous that you declare them forgiven, not because of anything they've done, but Jesus, because of everything you've done. And then they're called to go live a life honoring to you. You don't have to get cleaned up before coming to Jesus. He's the one who cleans you up. So if that's you, maybe you're hearing that today. It's a simple thing, just just turning to Jesus in prayer and saying, I trust you, I need a savior. Here's my life, I turn to you. And he forgives you and he makes you clean. Father, thanks for Jesus. We pray then that you would build your kingdom, continue to build it right here at Waldo Sea through our church. And we pray all this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.